Welcome, welcome to No Notes. Notes. I'm Colby. And I'm Alex. And welcome to this week's episode. So we spent another weekend apart. I know. How do I'm you feel? So sad. A little refreshed though. Yeah, I think we need more weekends apart. We just ignore each other for several months. <laughs> yeah, so I went to Tahoe, um, which is about four hours from here. Um, got to spend some great time with friends that I you know, don't spend uh, too much time with. Someone last night mentioned that all the gays are in Tahoe this weekend. Was there something going on? No. Did I miss a memo? No. Well, I actually thought it was going to be pretty low-key because uh, next weekend is President's Weekend. So I just like assumed that this weekend would be chill. Chill. Plus, like the SF gays in particular just had a big party weekend last weekend. Yeah. Yeah. But no, it was still pretty busy. I think it's because um, California got recently pummeled by those two atmospheric rivers. So this is like the first weekend where we have snow in Tahoe. Mm-hmm. Um, were you in South Lake or North Lake? We were in North Lake. Oh, yeah. I haven't done that part yet. I haven't done it. I, this is my first time there and I did it because our friends, they own their condo. So, you mm-hmm. know, we, we stayed with them. Were you skiing or snowboarding or what did you do? No? No. Come on. I suck at both. I know. You only look athletic. You're not yeah, actually athletic. At, at all. No. So I, I snowshoed. Oh. I know. I did that the last time we were there. Oh, did you? Yeah. How was like, how was that experience for you? I didn't mind it. It was fine for like 45 minutes or so. But then I'm just like, all right, get me the hell out of here. When you took the step into the snow, did you fall through the snow? No. Did okay. you? You know, we'll get, we'll get to, <laughs> we'll get <laughs> were, to talk some bottoms. <laughs> were you face down ass up? Oh, it, let's just say it was not grinder six inches. It was real life six inches. <laughs> Um, or, uh, so how was your weekend? What did you do? Mine, um, was okay. I ended up, uh, catching up with some friends yesterday, went to a bit of a sketchy house party with a bunch of age, what else is new? aging circuit Queens. Don't say that about yourself. <laughs> uh, and then lo and behold, I ended up at another party. <gasps> Appropriately named the dad oh, party. Slut. Of course you did. <laughs> and um, I want my money back because there were no dads there to be found there. Oh, no. So, so it wasn't that fun? No, didn't get adopted. What was the party called? <laughs> dad. Oh. <laughs> D-A-D. I think it like... Well, it's telling you it's it was, not going to be daddy. It's just going to be dad. I know. I should have known. It was an abbreviation for something. I have no idea. Um, but it turns out there was actually another party at Club Six this weekend, too. On Friday? Uh, no, last night. So the same venue that we went for Gemini last weekend, oh. they hosted another, the Comfort and Joy um, group. I, I, I I've not heard of that, but apparently everyone else had. They had a, I think it was Leather and Lace last night. Oh, I think that's a reoccurring party. Yeah. I think I have heard of it. So apparently the gays had not had enough of being fisted and needed another, another excuse. I'm telling you, there's been a lot of parties in San Francisco. I think 2024 is going to be like the resurgence of ticketed parties in san francisco yeah well i don't know i'm looking well, i was about to say i'm looking forward to a little break from it but we're but headed we're to mexico, mexico city this week so <laughs> we'll, we'll see how we feel Pre- preparing my body and mind for it God. okay all, all right, right it's so time for tops and bottoms tops and bottoms for the people that are just joining us for our first time tops and bottoms is a segment we like to pay, play every week which um we discuss a top and aka a highlight of the week and the other we'll discuss a bottom or something bad that happened, we'll flip a coin and decide which one is going to be the top and which one's going to be the bottom. So heads or tails? Um, I will go tails for top. 
it is heads. So uh-huh. I will do what I want, which is I want to talk about, oh, I want the top this week. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you can have it. So when I was in the cabin after snowshoeing, uh, my friend Rob and I, we had a, the cabin to ourselves when we watched a new show called Couple to Thruple. It just came out this week. They've okay. only released three episodes, and I think they're going to release three episodes at a time. It's four couples. Three out of the four are heterosexual male and female, and then there's one gay couple. And all of them have been together for a number of years, and they came to the show to get a third. So you, they can't leave anybody for anyone else. They've already found their one partner, exactly. so now they need another one. They need a third one. And okay. they so there's four couples, and then they bring a giant group of singles. So they get one night to mingle with these singles, and then one by one, uh, the couple's announced, and then the singles come forward if they're interested, and they get to choose. The couple gets to choose from the people that stepped up. Is it the same collective group of singles? So the straight people are going for the same group of singles yes. as the one gay couple? Yes. So every, so there's males work? and females and every all the singles are bisexual. Oh, okay. Yeah. And of course, all the the three straight couples only wanted a, a female. Sure. And then uh, obviously the, the gay couple, one of them is actually bisexual, but they chose a guy. So it is, I, I was like, let's give it a chance. Let's watch it. I watched, we watched all three episodes, straight to straight. It's so good. Three out of the four are toxic, terrible. The gay couple is probably one of the most disastrous things to watch. It's kind of like when I watched it, it was reminiscent of the first season of Love is Blind, where you don't know what the hell is happening Mm -hmm. and no one knows how to act. It is so watchable. Like you have to watch it. The gay couple is toxic. Like one of them. What's new? Exactly. One of them. So the first night. They have the third. They start making out. One of them gets jealous that the other one is no. Yes, gay is like, jealous. But it's also like, why are you on this show? Like, what did you think was going to happen? I mean, I, I feel like one of them probably wants it more than the other. But it is like, why would you be on a show? And the, they get them together. Like, yes, we're both like really wanting a third. They're in the bed, all three of them making out. And as soon as the other one starts making out, it becomes instantly jealous. Um, it is a train wreck you have to watch it they also the one thing i will say is they treat the third like a piece of property like that person is treated like shit by every single couple mm-hmm. um yeah i definitely will check it out um you're not gonna be able to stop like once you start it you're like <gasps> it's like a train wreck they're so toxic are you looking for a third now i oh. <laughs> no after watching that absolutely not it's oh my god it's so weird yeah, I mean, I have lots of thoughts on polyamory. Yeah, I think, we'll just do kinda, an episode. I think we, we need to should, do an episode because I'm just curious. Like, where does this person sleep? Like, I they have so they have. Uh, it, I think it's a California king. Still, it's not. It's not big enough. But they have uh, three sets of pillows. Nope. <laughs> and it's funny because at the head of the imagine you're stuck between two snorers. Yes. <laughs> so uh, at the head of the the bed or at the um, base of the bed they have two pictures one the couple and then the other one the other picture is of the single mm. oh and i forgot to mention the most important part at the end of three episodes they get to do a swap so they get to decide do i want to keep this person that i chose from the first episode or the same group of singles that you originally met you get to swap 
So it's really just sampling yeah, the buffet. Yes, that is the problem. That's why they're treated like shit. A lot of, like, half the cast is just there to, like, the guys just want to fuck two hot girls. Mm. That's essentially it. Oh, my God, you have to watch they it. They should just give them a hall pass and call it a day. I know. It'd be so much, it'd be less messy. <sighs> Probably and, makes for great TV, though. I'll have to check it out. What's your bottom? Um... Okay, my bottom is the lawlessness here in San Francisco. Oh, God. What the fuck yeah. is going on? Okay, in the last couple of days, we've had so many things happen to our friends. We had one that got jumped uh, just walking down the street, which is terrible. Um, and that's that's one thing. And then the second one, we had a friend last night. They got hit by someone not paying attention in a car and hit him on a scooter. Yeah. So enough with this. Our people are being targeted. It's homophobic. San Francisco needs to get its shit together. Yeah. And I also saw that they lit a Waymo on fire. Really? Yeah. Who? I don't know. Here in the city or like too many Bay Area? San Francisco. <laughs> and San Francisco. Although you- fair. Why? I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was like, what is, I, every time I see these robo cars, I just think of Wally. Oh, I can't, we can't, we can't. You, you wouldn't be naming them. Yeah. And you know how uh, we talked about this last <laughs> weekend. I named every, every inanimate it's, object with an, you know what the Waymos are? They're the city's new, um, bison, like the ones in Golden Gate Park. Oh, I thought you were thinking, <laughs> uh, like a flying bison from Avatar. No, we're just like, oh, look at the, you know caged animals and then there's the waymos they're just stuck in the city grid just <laughs> on fire <laughs> barely functioning uh, i haven't um i haven't been in one yet but i kind of want to um also today the super bowl can you name the two teams <laughs> <laughs> the only thing is that i saw a tiktok that's like the same as 2020 i guess because they were like it's a repeat of the super bowl and the election uh candidates but Art? i have no idea no <laughs> no i don't think wait I'm, uh, i don't know i'm too gay function <laughs> but i do know who's playing <laughs> okay so who's playing it's uh san francisco niners and the kansas city chiefs and it's in vegas it's in vegas that it, part i knew yeah and of course everyone's like paying attention this year because one of the star players from the chiefs is dating Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift. Yeah, so everyone's gonna be paying attention because they're gonna see which stars are gonna be there. Not because, not just because Usher's performing the halftime, mm-hmm. but because Taylor Swift brings her click. Have you seen um, conservative media is going like ham on Taylor Swift oh lately? God. And so I'm not a Swifty. I don't think you are. I will either, defend her, but I'm kind yeah. of being converted to a Swifty. Yeah, like it's. I will defend. Like it's also. It's kind of sexist. It's totally sexist. Like, it, come it's, on, it's just bullshit. It's so dumb. She didn't. Yeah, whatever. She didn't deserve any of this. Um. Yeah, I wonder who's gonna be coming though to the Super Bowl to see to hang out with Taylor Swift. Who does she normally have in her posse? Selena. Her the Hadid chicks, both Gigi and Bella. Oh, Hadid's. Yeah, and the Heim sisters. Mm. Who's so, keeping it out for Selena? Exactly. I didn't Selena. even know she went out still. What was that? I didn't even know she went out still. I haven't seen Selena in anything. Oh, God. Oh, yeah, she's been on a ton. Just the... um, With the, the show on Murders. Hulu. Yeah. You know, she just got... She's going to be like uh, some character in a biopic. About... Uh, some really famous Mexican American singer named like I think it's like Leonard something. Okay. Uh, anyway, whatever. So her click, she's yeah. Okay. Gonna be click. 
Um, I guess I did kind of know that she's sort of infamous for this clique of girls around her. Yeah, because if you, you know, do anything bad towards T Swift, famously, her clique and now her, you know, fans will come after you. So she's kind of like us. <laughs> uh, in they, high school, they have Taylor. We have Mike. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, so in high school, did you, what kind of clique were you a part of? Um, I, okay. So I was probably in the little group of like overachiever nerds until late middle school. And then I think I switched a little bit to like a floater where I didn't really have any one particular group, but I associated with a lot of different people. To lose, you're kind of a loser. <laughs> um, <laughs> What it's about okay. what about you? I I my guess is that you were probably a mixture of overachiever and class clown because I know you have a constant need for admiration. So yeah, actually, that's actually pretty. We've talked about this because that was we? way too. There has to be. No, I think I just know you really well. Uh, yeah, that's exactly what I was in. All like. So, uh, you know, like when I think you were the I, guy in class that was distracting everyone, probably just trying to make a joke and bring attention to yourself. For which you. is, yeah. So one time when I was a sophomore in um, my Spanish class, the Spanish, it was like Spanish honor. So it wasn't just like regular. Um, the, like one of the TAs went up to me and was like, oh, like, you know, like this is really funny, but you should probably like chill out. Yeah, basically. I was like, oh, am I distracting? Although when I was a kid, I would always get the low marks for distracting, like great student, but talks during uh, instruction, and which is I the classic gay curse. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I was exactly in that, that type of clique. All my friends were like in AP courses, the advanced placement courses. Same. Uh, but it was like a mixture of like jocks and it's just like overachievers. But you weren't a jock I or was not. a popular kid. I was not, but like, you know, my friends like, you know, Dino and Blake, like they were all s- superstars in sport. But yeah, it was like overachievers is what connected us all. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't like, I feel like in movies and television, there's always this perception that clicks are like pretty girls, jocks. And that's like, that's not true. Mm-hmm. It's always like a mixture. It's more it's like more nuanced than that. It's way more nuanced. Um, one of those interesting things in high school where you sort of, everybody wants to be the popular people, but at the same time, they also hate them and despise them. And I think about it now, like where those people have ended up. And if it's, it seems universally true that the popular clique, it's always the people that like high school is where uh, they peak. They peak. Yeah. It doesn't can, get better. You can always tell which ones are kind of going to be like that because unless you're in an overachiever type of group, mm-hmm. you're going to peak in high school. And people that often peak in high school, I feel like are the ones that reach sexual maturity really early on. So they're like prettier, yeah. hotter in yeah. high school and those fizzle out fast. fast. Like I don't think any of the quote unquote hot guys or girls from my high school still look great today. Like don't look like what they used to. Yeah, they definitely, like they, the high they got in high school, they tried to chase forever and it, it's not. They never get it back. They never get it back. That's where they peak. You have to be in a, unless you're like in AP courses, I, from my high school, you peaked. What else about clicks? So I actually kind of defend clicks. I think that they're necessary for the same reasons that politics are necessary. So interesting. Tell when, me more. When I vote for a Democrat, 
I know exactly what they're going to stand for on abortion, mm-hmm. uh, social justice issues. I, there's going to be some nuances, but it's generally the same thing. Like you're going to support universal or you're going to support some form of affordable health uh, care, housing, um, and you know social issues, abortion. Same thing with clicks. Like the type of person or the type of click you're you're hanging out with, I know what kind of person you are. So you sort of see it as like an alignment of values or shared interests. Right. So I think that cliques are aligned based on, you know, something that they have in common, whether that be how they act around people, they could be nice um, content creators, you know, they align themselves in a certain way. Mm-hmm. And there are certain people or certain types of cliques here in San Francisco that I, I'm aware of. And I know if certain people associate with them, I'm probably not going to be very interested in hanging out with them. So I'm going to avoid them. So I think clicks are kind of necessary and important. Yeah. I mean, I think there's something really primitive about our desire to want to surround ourselves with like-minded people. Mm -hmm. So I think like that's sort of what you're speaking to. Um, It's really interesting to me, like the prevalence of clicks in adulthood. I don't, I, I think it still exists in like straight culture. Like there's layers of that in like suburbia and stuff. Yeah. But I guess it's, it's kind of ironic to me that are like queer people kind of suffered a lot from the, you know, hierarchy or structure of cliques in high school. And then once we become adults, we, we build up, we build up those same structures all over again. And like I said, it's not, it is bad when it's, when the interest is negative. So, but like you should, you shouldn't be forced to hang out with every single person. Yeah. Especially if you don't get along with them. That that's what friends are for. That's what a group of friends is for. For. Mm-hmm. Not everyone's going to fall in that category. Which I will like add that there's a difference between like the tribes within gay culture and cliques. So we have like the tribes where once again, we have to apply some label of like yeah. twinks, bears, otters, all that sort of stuff. But then like there is very much like a sort of social hierarchy that yeah. like the kinds of things you get invited to the like destinations you go and vacation on all that sort of is grounded in the same criteria that you experience in high school which is like how attractive are you who do you know what resources do you have etc and it's kind of sucks to see that like as an adult still yeah when the common interest is you trying to have sex with the other person that too yeah like how good are you yeah and we've all seen those uh groups on instagram like you see these groups of gays that are all muscly and white their interest, their common interest is to have sex with each other. And what happens to them? Half of the time, their group falls apart. They have to align with other people. Like, it's not a healthy relationship. It goes back to the conversation we had in the Velvet Rage episode, mm-hmm. where it, if you can't have a plutonic relationship, like that, that's going to be a problem. Yeah. And I will admit, like, I think my people in particular, the white gays, are like the worst about these sort of things, too. Oh, definitely. Yeah. You, you should go, um, repent yourself for being associated with white. Go whip myself. Yeah. No, but I mean, like, I'm really proud of, because you, you are the one that kind of connects our group of friends here in San Francisco and we're really diverse, like we body shape, um, race. Like we're all, you know, everyone has an accent except for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like we, I, our common interest is basically like the way we interact with other people, how think, we treat. I think I just have, a way of like when I meet people of like sort of feeling them out, engaging them. Like, so this is one of the first things I feel like anyone will ask you is what do you do? 
And if someone does that, I immediately kind of lose interest in them because I feel like they're trying to like size a little bit yeah. about like, you know, where you might have gone to school and like what kind of field you're in and whether that meets the kind of criteria, the screening criteria they have. Um, and that like weeding that question out in particular has actually made me like meet more authentic people, I think. Yeah, I could see that. However, I will be self-critical right now. And if I met someone like for a friend and they, if I found out that they like were a fast food worker and they're my age and their thirties, I would probably be a little hesitant and make some, some inferences. So you, yeah, that's what I'm saying. There's a lot of judgment and stigma in that, right? Yeah. Um, I hear what you're saying because I feel similar to that sometimes really because I think about like, is this person, you know, going to be the right fit and able to do which, the things we like to do. Right. Fit's not like the right word per se, but I, I would say like, are they going to be able to hang with us? Like you know, when I'm thinking of these people I meet, like I'm trying to think about how often we'll be able to see each other, hang out, go places and I get that 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 is in itself quite limiting, right? There, yeah. it's hard to do a lot of these things if you don't have a lot of resources. And we've talked about this. This is actually a really challenging part of like gay society um, that that we operate in that way. And we should try to be a little more open minded. Yeah, yeah. I mean, which is why I applaud uh, groups like Gemini that had the BIPOC pricing. Yeah. Um, and that, trying to remove barriers. Yeah. That, yeah, I think that's like a good way of putting it. Yeah. And, and that's not just within like gay culture too. I think society in general looks down on people that haven't achieved some certain status or income or something like that by a given age in life. Yeah. And we should just try to be better about not doing that and try to meet people where they are. On the other side, have you ever been or felt excluded by a clique that you were trying to, or a group of people that you're trying to, you know, be closer with and they kind of shoved you to the side? Um, I mean, if I'm being like super transparent and honest, I think I feel excluded a lot of the time within the community. Like mm -hmm. I'm a skinnier, leaner guy, which I, I realize a lot of people would look at that and just be like, you know, that's in some people's eye, like the model gay stature, you know what I mean? Of just being yeah. like a twink frame, mm -hmm. but you actually still like a lot of people won't talk to you, acknowledge you. Like even if you're trying to be friends with them, just because you're not like a big old dumb, like muscle gay. Do you feel like these big, dumb white muscle gays have, have more social capital within the gay oh, community? Oh, for sure. I mean, like, I mean, we'll use you as an example, not as a white gay, but like you're a muscly guy. We like walk into a party together, like nine out of 10 times, I feel like people are going to immediately look at you, acknowledge you, talk to you first. And like, they maybe talk to me, which is like fine. Like a lot of the people we interact with, I often feel like I would, wouldn't bond that well with anyway. And I think you end up coming to the same conclusion most of the time yeah. too. Um, but I think, I think we probably often experience very different social interactions with people. And I, I don't know, like if you're aware of it mm -hmm. probably as much as I am, but I don't know. I see like the, w the way that different people treat uh, you and me just based on like the, our physical differences. Yeah. Um, yeah. I feel that. And I, I definitely have seen it. I don't think it's when I'm the funnier one. <laughs> um, 
I don't think it's I I I I, I definitely have seen that. I will be honest, I have seen that, but I I don't think it's as prevalent at least like as common like it's not like we go to every single event space. No. Um I, I always think it's funny it's funny too when I see it happen because I can see someone that's like trying to get with you, you know like one of my friends like you or or, yeah. or, or someone else. Yeah. Yeah, and um you might they might be like dismissive of me because I'm a different, you know, type than they're into or what and I'm like um, you're probably not going to be like friends with this person if you're yeah. not friends with me yeah. transparently, yeah. right? Like they, they just don't have an understanding of like our relationships. And, and it's also just transparent. Like it, it's extremely it's obvious, so obvious when you're, when people are trying to do that. Yeah. And it's the same. I mean, if someone was really chatty and friendly to me, but was dismissive of like my really close friends, yeah. I wouldn't respect that person. Right. 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 Like that's just how I, how I operate. Yeah. Um, I, when I was in college, I rushed a fraternity. Um, and then I, I ended up pledging with like the, um, like biggest douchebag frat. Cause my friend also was doing it. Um, and he's really good looking and he's white and, uh, athletic. And so, you know, I, he, this was like the only person that I knew. So I was going forward with it. And then at like six weeks, six weeks into it, I realized, you know, I'm, I'm gay. Like I can't, I can't join. So I ended up dropping out and he continued to go forward with it. And, uh, from that moment on, I felt like excluded. Mm -hmm. Like I was like, like, this is what cool looks like. Again, I feel like college was the last time where I felt like I was like purposely excluded from this, this click. Like this is a, a paid click. They get to hang out with the cool people. They, you know, have the parties, they have people over, they are the popular kids and everyone knows it. Mm -hmm. And like, that's the last time I felt like really, really excluded. I was going to ask, um, have you, as an adult, you don't feel this in the professional workplace ever? Uh, I do. So uh, I'm kind of going through a weird period where I am starting on a, a new job mm -hmm. and I see people interacting with, but you know, I don't think it's so obvious that I feel excluded especially the circle i am just because it's so it's like niche within that company mm -hmm. so um but I, I have seen co-workers like get together and because i i mean i feel like i mean i guess you haven't really worked in traditional corporate america you're like just now dipping your toe in and sort yeah. of a corporate role but there's i've always observed very much a bit of a boys club culture Oh yeah. And it's very like straight male dominant. And then there's a lot of layers within that. Like they're all into the same things. They dress the same, they're into sports, et cetera. Um, and as like an openly gay man and someone who can often dress different or, or whatever, like I often won't fit into that, that role and I can feel a bit excluded. That being said, I actually have made a lot of, of close straight friends in the corporate environment, but I still see that click sort of structure yeah i i should have mentioned this before but yeah all the people at my previous job um the, the people the people in power were always white straight males yeah and it's a little bit how you it seems like you get to the top is you have to be able to play that game yeah and you know what honestly a lot of the times it's hard to interact with these people because they're goat their go-to like phrase or topic to talk about is always fucking sports always and i'm always. like what am i supposed like i'm not gonna watch 32 games a week 
so I can catch up on your little code. Like, and I don't know what's it, going on. To it's me, like, it's also insignificant. Like, if your team loses, guess what? They play again later. Yeah. Yeah. Who cares? People think we're crazy because we watch every RuPaul uh, variation around the country. Well, and, if you're still watching it, you're pretty crazy at this I'm, point. Oh, well, I don't, but I'm just... <laughs> they have to watch baseball, basketball, football, and their fantasy league. You know, like, it's, you it's have ridiculous. You all this knowledge and... Then God forbid you get forced to go out to some fucking trivia night, and it's oh all sports my god. knowledge. My god, who, who knows all this shit? Who cares? Yeah, who, who cares? cares? Well, do you want to talk about why we're talking about clicks so much? Yes, because this week's no notes section is actually Mean Girls. We are going to talk about both Mean Girls original, and we actually saw the new Mean Girls that came out uh, this past month. Um, so do you want to start off the discussion with the original Mean Girls? Yeah, let's do it. Um, can I tell you, I haven't, I had not realized that it had been 20 years since the original Mean Girls. Really? When did you make the connection that it's been 20 years? When I was looking up like the original cast and I saw the 2004. Do you remember watching it the first time? I, I don't know. I don't know if I saw it like right when it first came out or if I saw it. Later, I, I feel like I saw it on HBO or something. Yeah, that I it, couldn't that it watch wasn't it like in the theaters. I couldn't watch it because it was it was gay. Like it was, or it was you know female driven. So no one. I had two older brothers. Who's gonna take me? Yeah. Like what? Like there is a. I, but as soon as I watched it and when it came out later, I realized that this like was gay culture. This is like super important. It's so funny that you men- you mentioned that because I actually had that as something I wanted to talk about is that it's one of those movies that is so queer coded. Yeah. And I feel like that's why so many queer people were into this film is that it was like watching a, a queer movie without it being outrightly queer. Yeah. Like I think of like uh, Wizard, Wizard of Oz, um, Burlesque, even things like a Britney Spears music video mm-hmm. that we've talked about. Mm-hmm. These things are gay you know, yeah. or feel gay, even yeah. if they are outwardly so. So you could be watching it with your family and it not feel like you're watching something that labeled you as gay. If that really? Makes sense. That's really? how I felt about it. I feel like any sort of movie that is, um, overly feminine or not just overly feminine, but that is clearly talking about a social issue that's common among females. Like Easy A comes to where because they're talking about sexuality within a female. That is also another great movie, and I would say a, among the same type of genre as Mean Girls. Mm-hmm. But every time a movie focuses on on social commentary, especially amongst young people, whether that's high school sexualization of them, like I feel like it's always feminine driven. I wonder how much of that is like more complicated by like the Latino machismo culture that yeah. you, you, we true, talked about true. a little bit. Yeah, that's definitely it. Because there's just more emphasis on what it means yeah. to be like manly and masculine. And it's the appearance, right? Mean Girls, if you see the movie cover, it's, it's pink. pink. And yeah. it's all females on the cover. So it it gives the appearance of a, a female flick. Interesting. Yeah, I was going to ask you like more broadly why you think this movie 20 years later still has such a chokehold on gay culture. Because it's so, it was so clever at the time. Like it not only did it not only was it funny written by Tina Fey, like really hilariously, but it also talked about certain things. I think my go-to idea is the Halloween dress up, that monologue that talks about Halloween is the the only time of the year where a girl can dress up like a total slut and not be judged. And at that time before that, like no one had, like everyone 
participated, but no one said it out loud. And it wasn't until that movie said it. Yeah. You know, it's all these things. It, it's, it was so smart. It was so ahead of its time. Like applaud Tina Fey for it. Yeah. It, one thing I feel like it did really well is there's definitely a, an um, element of campiness to it and absurdity, but you also knew characters like the people they were portraying. Like it also felt fairly realistic. Yeah. The, I mean, uh, the Regina George character that was a certain person at every single high school. Was that the same girl that said "ooh" about you? I would say yes. In fifth grade, she was definitely the Regina George. She 100%. was on track to be Regina. Yeah, I mean, she probably did become her. Yeah. I also another reason I feel like it's it stayed so relevant is just the lines that that movie gave us. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, you googling Coco. Yeah. Her hair is so big because it's full of secrets. And the delivery, like you the have delivery. to, you yeah. have to think that not only was the writing sharp, but the cast that delivered it was phenomenal. Every single person really killed it. If anyone kind of sucked, I thought it was Lindsay. Like if you really oh, watch it. Oh, really? I, I think Lindsay is definitely the weakest link. She was the main character, but I think she of was the out original of, cast. Of the original cast, I think Lindsay is uh, the weakest link. Wow. One. Yeah, kind of controversial, huh? That is controversial. You might get flamed after this. <laughs> um, okay, well, obviously Mean Girls has been really important in our culture. And now here we are 20 years later with a a new film. Also, though, there was a second Mean, mean Girls, which I have not seen and we won't talk I about. I did watch. <laughs> Wait, I, I no, have you seen did? It. I didn't okay, watch so it for we, this, but I have okay, seen so it. Okay, so we didn't have to talk about it. Is it... Is it oh, any good? No, it's terrible. The only returning cast member is the principal. Oh, so he's like a common yeah th- so character in all a, three of them. A ABC fam ABC family like Blake. Like it's awful. It's the hallmark. Which equivalent. also you have to be really ballsy and confident to take on that without involving Tina Fey. Yeah, uh, like they must have paid her a ton, but she had like she wasn't in the movie. She has maybe she was like a producer and just got money from it, but I doubt it. It was awful. Absolutely. I think awful. I've seen a trailer and I was like no. Yeah, so bad. It, sh- it doesn't deserve to be in the same universe. All right. Like, so let's let's talk the about the, let's talk about the new one. So I think uh, we should begin with the good. Oh, well, even before that, we should talk about the trailer. Oh, the controversy. So it's, I don't know what their thought was because it was it to trick people. So what Alex is talking about is the trailer does not make it clear that it's a musical. Yeah. There's not one of the performances or montages shown in the trailer. And they didn't name it Mean Girls the Musical. Right. There's absolutely, it's just completely. I mean, to me. It, it obviously is fairly deceptive marketing. Yeah. And I, I guess it's wondering like whether that bet paid off or not, because I don't know if everyone's into musicals. Like I, I'm not, are, are you yeah. a musical person? Not a, no, not a musical person. I think that they should have at least, there's no way to avoid it. They should have put it in there. They should have just owned it. Yeah. Cause it kind of feels like, What's the point of why, why even take this product if you're right. not willing to, what well, feels like they're not confident in what they made. But also, yeah. if you're not into musicals and you go see this... Sadly, very th- disappointed. So, I mean, it is a very musical-heavy movie. And yeah, um, we can we can talk about the, the critique a little bit. But you want to start with pros? Yeah. So I think... What did you love about it? Honestly, I think it was the strongest when it was in its musical element. Really? Yeah. And I think so. I think it's the strongest because it felt the most different. It felt the most... 
individual. So whenever you make a remake or a sequel to something, you have to be able to answer why now. Mm -hmm. I agree with that. And I felt like it's strongest when it's different from the original. And I felt like it was the most original when it was the musical sequences. Mm -hmm. Did you have a favorite of the musical sequences? I think it was anything with Renee rap. I agree with that. My favorite scene, um, was the Halloween one. Um, mm -hmm. so there was originally the sexy one, um, at and the beginning, uh, at the beginning of yeah. the Halloween scene. And then Renee raps, uh, performance, someone gets hurt where she has the kiss scene with Aaron Samuels. Yeah. Char um, character. Um, I thought that was incredible. I thought it was, yeah, the way they filmed it. I thought Renee Rapp, she ate. The choreography was she hot. She ate. She did eat. She looked good. And also uh, another positive is Renee Rapp's lip syncing compared to everyone else is so much better. She does like the lip quiver that mm -hmm. good drag queens do. It's one of the things I really loved about this movie um, is that it really just, uh, like the queer characters owned being queer, like Janice. Um, it was never like confirmed that she was a lesbian yeah. in the original movie, right? It was just like a nasty rumor. Yeah. But in this case, like the whole beef with her and Regina's character is because she gives that stuffed animal with like the, uh, it was a pride pin, yeah. right? right? Um, and to come out to her. And so, and she's like seen throughout the movie with, um, like a pride bracelet on and in the prom scene, she has a proper date to it. It's mm -hmm. not just Damien. Um, so I really love that they just owned that this time. Yeah, I, I do appreciate that they just went for it. And I felt like some of the things that were done, especially with uh, Katie's character, I felt like at the end, Katie was more villainous. Yes. Like when she, um, when uh, Regina George went up to the table after she had to gain weight and she was wearing sweatpants and was told, you can't sit with us. Um, Renee Rapp looks at Katie and was like, hey, like, what do you think? And she just was a straight up bitch was yeah. like, you can't sit with us. And I felt like I, I, I was like, that's great. Like it's a divergence from the original and it becomes more unique. Yeah. I would say for me, the strongest part of this remake is that has largely retained the general spirit of the first movie. So all the key scenes are still there. Like, so we mentioned the Halloween party, right? There's the talent show, which is amazing. I loved that scene. Like instead of singing Jingle Bell Rock, they just do a, slut, a slutty well, like dancing around it, the pole. It's called rock, rocking around the pole. Yeah, and it's hilarious. It's like super sexual. It's slightly different, right? But yeah. they kept the same sort of feel to it. And I love that the Renee's mom, um, Regina's mom, has the uh, ring light. Yeah. Just the way they updated it uh, for the current social media age, I thought was funny. I also thought that the rap scene prior to the dancing was also really um, funny. Kevin Napore's. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because like, it was slightly different. It was a different song than it, the original. It was, And it was longer. Yeah. I, I'm assuming that this is also in the musical on yeah. Broadway and yeah. it made it into like a full on rap song. Hilarious. That Hilarious. Killed it. There was a funny line in it, but I can't remember it. Um, we had both taken edibles when we went to go see the movie. So half of my notes were like scribbles. Gibberish. It was really dark in there. Yeah. Uh, what did you think about uh, Busy Phillips who played um, Regina George's mom? Are we moving to cons? Um, oh, it's a con? Mine was, it was a positive. Okay. We'll talk about why it was a positive. So I thought that, uh, again, they did. you can never, unless you have Amy Poehler do that same role, you're never going to have someone that does the same thing. So I'm glad that. 
busy phillips didn't do like the breast thing like uh or the um do you want to drink i prefer that you do it inside you know any of those lines i mean amy poehler is like such a titan of comedy right you can't you, you cannot try to uh duplicate so i'm glad that all the lines were completely different but they kept the same sort of ditzy mom Mm-hmm. And I thought Busy Phillips, she plays the same character. She plays basically the same character in um, White Chicks. Yeah. And I love that they they kept her. She was a great casting for that. Agreed. They, another pro that I had was the um, actor that played Shane Oman in this one. Oh, really? Ryan Ultimus. Um, super hot. Wait, which one? Shane Ullman? Yeah, that's the one that Regina's oh, she's hooking Gina? up with. Yeah. He didn't have a single line in this no, movie. No, but he was really hot. <laughs> was he? I, yeah. Like, I couldn't He's remember. kind of got, like, the cleaner cut mullet thing going on oh, in it. Oh, I do um, remember that. He has a really sharp jawline. He looks really good. Honestly, I think he would have been a better choice for Aaron Samuels. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I have a lot of notes <laughs> Okay, well, we'll come back to the Aaron Samuels character. Um, but, yes, yeah, super hot. We could do with some more of him. And then my final pro, um, I loved... And sorry to spoil this, but the Lindsay Lohan cameo. Oh, I didn't. <laughs> We're so divided on our opinions of this yeah, movie. Yeah, I, I. Why did you like it? No, it's just I didn't know that she was gonna be in uh-huh. it. Um, oh, it was a nice surprise. It was a Definitely nice surprise. Um, I wouldn't say she delivered those lines, <laughs> <laughs> but I really enjoyed just seeing her. And I was kind of like, could we have like gotten a little more of her? Like. Okay, well, come, I don't know. well let's go. Let's come back to this in the yeah, cons. Yeah. Um, but you do you want to move on to the cons or do you have, I have more good? one more? Okay. I thought that um, Jaquille Spivy, Spivy, who played a uh, Damien, gay Damien. Yeah, I thought Jaquille Spivy. Yeah. I thought he did an amazing job. I was like, okay, this is a person that could. I also have a difference in opinion. Oh, really? Okay. Okay. Well, <laughs> let me finish. <laughs> yeah, go my ahead. <laughs> <laughs> no, his he was really good. like his um, delivery his, of lines. His musical fantastic. performance and delivery of lines was fantastic. I really agree funny. With that. Um, I thought that was like a great character to have on there. Yeah, <laughs> but that was my last sponsor. <laughs> this is so funny that it's just like our we exact opposite uh, yeah. opinions on everything. Okay, let's move to um, the cons. So I I will like start this one off. I think um, are the characters. And this okay. This is gonna be really kind of judgmental, but are the characters even believable as Mean Girls? No, no. It can okay. Oh my. Let's just start off with the casting, and let's start off with the plastics. I thought that Renee Rap eight. I thought that. But is she a believable Regina? Yeah, I thought so. No, I I would I would be afraid of her if she told me, "Hey, little fag," I'd be like, I'd be running. No. Really? No. She's not like... So the original Regina, right, was... She was both your best friend and your enemy, like, or worst enemy, like, instantaneously, like, all at once. She oh, could play both of those. She w- played uh, the scary person she at was, all times. She was um, a very good Two-Face character. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas I never really got that from this new Regina. She was basically either just bitchy or trying to be sexy. So it wasn't clear how she could be like the most popular girl in school. I actually have to agree with you on that one. I think you're totally right. The way that Rachel McAdams played Regina George originally was very more nuanced. It had that depth where at the beginning when she's like saying hi to Katie, it seems like she's being nice. 
but Renee Rapp's version, it, it kind of seems like she's been a bitch the entire time. You're, you're totally right. I think the Rachel McAdams version is more nuanced. It's, it's a more um, fleshed out character. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're totally right on that. What about the other two plastics? Oh my God. Can we get into Karen's character? So obviously in the original one, Amanda Seyfried cannot be replicated. Which this, that was actually like a breakout role for Amanda Seyfried. Exactly. And she did it fant- hilarious, right? That entire character is almost built from one-liners. Yes. And this, and this and one... And super believable. Like I've met yeah. a million Karens. This one, it was a character of a character of a character. Like it was such a bad impression. So I mean... Cringe. So dumb. Um, like unbelievably dumb. Yeah. And not in like a charming or a funny way. It was cringe. It was unnecessarily stupid. It was cringe. Like the actress, I'm I'm sure is more talented in other areas. Acting for Karen and Mean Girls, terrible decision. Mm-hmm. I would have, like, I would have read this. Uh, I would have seen this audio tape of whatever she tried to audition, and it, I would have cut it immediately. Like, yep, it, she was terrible. BB Woods, who plays um, Gretchen as well, same same thing. We're not getting this like richness of the backstory of these characters. Yeah. So you don't really, you don't fall in love with them and they feel like they're just there. Yeah. Whereas both, both Gretchen and Karen in the original one, there was something kind of like amusing and charming about both of them. The acting is just so much better. Yeah. And that's ultimately what it is. They, they're, this goes also for Janice when they're trying. So they're strongest when they're trying to be different. But when Mean Girls, the musical is trying to be similar either delivering the same lines, it, it comes off as cringy. Yeah. And um, my, okay, I want to come back to my complaints about Janice, actually, because it's more nuanced. But we talked about the plastics. Let's talk about Katie. Oh, my God. not Just not believable. So she comes off as the the sweet girl really well. But that transition, there was no. No. She's just was trying to be mean and it wasn't believable. It just goes zero to a hundred real fast. Yeah. There's no like real transition period. Yeah. Um, she, at, at least what I could appreciate from Lindsay is that you can see the descent into mean girl. Mm-hmm. Also Not, her musical performance is the worst of they're the worst of all of them. Oh really? Yeah. I thought whatever Karen was, in was the worst. <laughs> I was like, get her off the screen. But when Karen did her stupid like TikTok dance, and then there was something else like at the party at the Halloween party. Oh, it was yeah, the Karen so one is the bad. first part of the Halloween. The it's like sexy. I yeah. think it's called. Yeah. It's just bad. It's so stupid. Um. Yeah. So, but Katie's, I just could not. Not uh, believable. I could not get into that that character. I really couldn't. So. I know you really liked Damien's performances. I thought mm-hmm. his performances were strong, but he felt like such a stereotype to me. Gay best friend. Well, and um, have you seen Kimmy Schmidt? Yeah. So Titus and Dramadon. Yeah. It felt like that's what they had given him as the assignment. And he yeah. just like, you know, gave that exact character. You're totally right. And you know what? Tina Fey produced Kimmy Schmidt. And so, yeah. And it's it feels exactly yeah. like that character. And I feel like this movie... So in trying to deliver this in 2024, you could tell that there were a lot of things that, like social commentary things that they had tried to update, like sex shaming and things like that. But then they still give you this very like trope of a queer character. And I yeah. really would have loved to see them turn that on its head a little bit, like 
make him be less of the comedic relief and maybe like a jock or something. Like mm-hmm. just play with that a little bit more. Um, but that's separate from the actor and the character, right? The actor, I think, did a really great job delivering the assignment. The, yeah. That character, I just don't think was great. Yeah, I, I can appreciate that. I agree with you that I think that it is giving gay best friend vibes. Yeah. Well, because they played with Janice's character, right? Like yeah. she wasn't just like the angry goth emo lesbian anymore. Um, and they gave you a rich backstory. Right. Like the, this very specific that is fucked up and it was homophobic. Totally. And it, it gives you a reason for her to actually hate Regina George. Yeah. So like Janice's character um, just saw more development and change from the first one than Damien. And I would just love to have seen them do more with that. What did you think about the returning characters, Tina Fey, the, the principal? I didn't really see any like value in them being there. Not from the first one. I liked, the, I liked mm-hmm. both of them more in the yeah. first one. Oh, really? What about you? Yeah, I, I thought that they didn't do bad. I thought, like, of all the decisions done in this movie, that's, like, the least of my concern. Mm-hmm. But, but I mean, like, it felt like they were just there because they were in the original. Like, they yeah. could have been replaced with anybody else and delivered those same lines, and yeah. you wouldn't have noticed, I, I felt like. I forgot to mention, I did love uh, John Hamm as the, co- as the uh, gym teacher. Right. That was really funny. And that's actually one of the scenes where they've updated. I don't know if you noticed that the sex education piece, it was about like not choking yeah. people. Yeah. So like they clearly tried to make this approach to like deal with some more of the problematic parts of the movie. Um, they also removed him, uh, that coach having sex with the students. Yes. Which some <laughs> of the things were like good removals, like the, the N word. Yes. Oh the, my God. Well, and the lunch cafeteria scene where there's like the Asian nerds and the cool Asians. Oh, and the, I forgot that Regina, uh, Gretchen Wieners at the end is a uh, speaking, uh, She's speaking in a foreign language at the end because she's the leader of the Asian groups, the cool uh, Asians. They removed that. I forgot that. <laughs> and it's it's interesting that they like what they chose to address versus not. Yeah. Like they still left the um, body image stuff, like the Calteen Bar thing, and yeah. sort of fat shaming Regina yeah. George's character a bit. Um, yeah. I, and then also just the main part of this is like this really smart lead who dumbs herself down yeah. for a guy. Like, I, I don't know. I feel like they, if, if they were really trying to update this in 2024, they could have switched the, the like genders, roles of these characters. They could have played with this more and given you something like new and fresh rather than just like re- recreate something from 20 years ago. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, I said Renee Rapp's lip singing was like really great. Everyone else's was like a half second I don't think I noticed it, but it was probably the edibles. Oh, maybe, maybe. But I was noticing it. I was like, everyone else is so bad, particularly Katie. Her lip syncing, awful. Well, I didn't know. She, that. What he got eliminated? I mean, I just noticed how bad her actual voice was, and or the auto tune that they had like layered over it. That I was just, I those tracks were trash. Yeah, yeah, they were trash. Um, I want to talk about my biggest uh, concern with this adaptation okay aaron samuels yeah it's pretty bad (laughs) he looks like if you drew a face on a deflated balloon and then blew it up (laughs) and like the face gets closer together while the head gets bigger and bigger there's something about he's just not cute like aaron samuels is supposed to be hot they could have just they they could have just gone to Hollywood and got in the hottest guy. Just pulled it, some random guy off the street. Like it's not like he has a really difficult line. You know, anyone could read th- these lines, 
and they chose someone that's ugly. I agree with that. But you know what? Like, and this is just my opinion, but I don't think the Katie in this movie is as attractive as Lindsay Lohan, but I'm also a Lindsay Lohan stan. Yeah. So like, it's okay that the male like hot character is not as attractive, I guess. It makes sense for yeah. her character. Did you, so did you think that it was like inappropriate? Um, he was okay, Casting. but it's what, it's what I said. The guy that plays Shane Oman is significantically more attractive yeah. Yeah, yeah. and I see why Regina George was cheating. <laughs> <laughs> um Gosh. my i have two really big problems with this okay. this movie apart from what we've mentioned so i know you felt differently but i thought what they did to june george was awful the person playing june george um busy phillips who i i've loved in so many other films mm-hmm. i mean phenomenal and white chicks yeah. I just don't think she delivered anywhere near what amy poehler delivered as regina's oh, mom really and maybe it's maybe it's the era, but something about the juicy couture uh-huh. tracksuit and the like her her boob job yeah. and uh Kalisa's milkshake performance. Oh, it was all that. just such Oh my god, I forgot about that. I, I I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't have expected them to recreate all of that exactly as it was because I don't think it would make sense today. But I, I don't know. She just wasn't giving to me. Oh, that's sad. I loved her. I loved her net. And here's my number one problem with this film. What? Were any of the lines funny or memorable? No. No, 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 no. Like, no, no. we talked about this. So many things that came out of the first one. You know, we wear pink on Wednesdays. You can't sit with us. All these things. Where, where are any of those lines? They should have just gotten rid of all those lines. Wait, did they get rid of those lines? Some of them remained. Like, you go Glen Coco yeah. was still in there. On Wednesdays, We Wear Pink was still in there. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't, it wasn't funny well. or fresh. It wasn't delivered well. But there also weren't really that many new lines that yeah. I will see on t-shirts and people reciting yeah. and gay people making their entire personality for 10 years. Yeah. I, I thought the best example of how terrible and cringy those lines were were the white set vagina line. When, oh yeah when they're like oh someone said to that i wrote in the book that i'm lying about my virginity because i use jumbo sized tampons but i can't help if i have a white set vagina heavy flow it was delivered that me reading that line was more <laughs> powerful than the actress from the movie it was so bad i wanted to throw a tomato there was only one line in the movie that i thought was funny and it was really just because like what my brain's response to it was so there's one scene where katie comes into the classroom with like some jersey on and Aaron Samuels comments on it and she goes thanks it smells like sausage from the last time I wore it and my brain was like <laughs> every one of my jock straps yeah. <laughs> uh did you notice the product placement of the lip gloss no oh did- wait was it elf yes so there was two one where uh Katie was applying it and uh Janice Ian goes Hey, what lip gloss is that? And she goes, oh, this is ELF level 318. And then Janice is like, well, I was just asking to see if like you're actually paying attention to us. And then they play that again when uh, Gretchen Wieners dumps her her uh, purse in the sink and uh, it's the ELF lipstick. It's uh, funny to me now that you, you asked about it and it, I didn't think I had noticed it. Yeah. And then my brain's instantly recalling, oh, elf brand. Yeah, yeah. So clearly it's like an effective placement. I'm like, how poor were you guys that you guys needed to rely <laughs> on elf uh, lip gloss to get this movie off the ground? Yeah. It's ridiculous. 
Well, I have some questions about it okay. now that we've seen both. I have answers. Do you think this movie stands on its own? No, it goes back to um, if you're going to make a sequel or going to redo the movie, you have to be able to answer why now. And there's absolutely, there's no reason this movie should exist. So I feel a little conflicted because I think one of the things that makes it not so great is the constant comparison to the original because you know how funny it was seeing that the first time and even still watching the first one over again and I know the lines are coming, it's still funny, like the delivery of it. Um, whereas this one, it doesn't feel fresh or new or anything, but at the same time, I feel like if you had never seen the first one, you didn't have that to compare it to, you might enjoy it, especially if you're into musicals. I thought that you wouldn't get it if, unless you see the original. It is fair. Like, so we talked about that there's so many musical performances in it and there's not enough dialogue. They really should have cut back on a lot of the tracks and had more dialogue. And I think the movie would have made more sense. It almost rest on the fact that you've seen the first one yeah. and know where the story is going. Agreed. Other Because they kind of shorten certain things. So you kind of have to watch the first one to get what's happening. Yeah. So yeah, I it, it can't stand on its own. Yeah. I I'm kind of agree with you. I don't think that 10 years from now, anyone will be quoting any of the lines At all. from the remake. No. I, I think like if they were going to remake this and it's kind of the comment that, that you made... What they really should have done is, um, and I get it's not just a remake, right? It's a musical. It's a different adaptation of it. But I think if you were going to bring Mean Girls back 20 years later, what they should have done is had that cast as adults now with their own teenagers. Because even the timing makes sense, right? It's been 20 years. Like if they were had five or six years college and some break, they would basically be raising teenagers now yeah. and so the timing of that makes sense it also just would have been fun i think to see what that would look like um that's that would have been how i would have remade it i think yeah but good thing they didn't because then Lindsay lohan would have to come back and deliver <laughs> more of those lines and she struggled and uh, man it, like it just seemed like she was built by ai <laughs> like there's not look, a thought lindsey's been through a lot okay man, and she's she's more put together than some of her peers from that period. She was just reading lines and then smile. <laughs> and I'd be like, God, this is bad. I think we talked about her like Hallmark Christmas movie or something oh, too that was just also so really bad. bad. Like I, I love Lindsay. I would love uh I have I'm very nostalgic for her, I will yeah. say. But she she's done, I think. She needs like a brain transplant. <laughs> have so, you seen poor um poor things? Uh, is it poor things or pretty things? I can't remember. With what? with Emma Stone. Yeah, yeah, love it. I loved it too, but, but she hurt. needs the operation. <laughs> she needs the operation. Uh, the oh, same gosh. could be said for you uh, and for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I wanted to say, um, I also felt this was unnecessary because I think we already have the new version of Mean Girls, which is Bottoms. Oh, I was going to say your TikTok live. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> no, Bottoms is, yeah. Oh, we have to talk about, oh, I don't know how much we want to get into. No, uh, so Bottoms, I mean, is, Bottoms is, is Mean Girls, but flipped on its head, right? Like the unpopular or loser yeah. crowd becomes the It Girls. And it's even like kind of feminist in a way because it's all about them claiming their power back right yeah like they're badass yeah. in a way and they're it has to do a lot with um yeah the female perception sexuality i mean it's the main characters are queer yeah 
Um, it's a di- it's a, a diverse cast, which I think the original Mean Girls was pretty diverse too. Just some of the way they approached those conversations weren't great. Yeah. But Bottoms overall, hilarious lines. Um, again, more feminist film than than like the traditional Mean Girls, and it's the same sort of concept, but in the modern day context. Yeah. And they do a great job of they. It's a smart film. So smart, and it's delivered so well. I yeah. mean, you've seen the amount of lines that the they give actually at the end during the credits, where they go through alternative lines. Yes, like you see that this actor actually knows what they're doing. The directors know. Well, what I think a doing. lot of it was like ad libbed. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Which, I mean, they did a great description. Yeah, is crazy, fantastic. But they also clearly understood what the character is supposed to be when you're yeah. able to do that. Yeah, and I think um, it didn't help that I've seen Bottoms a few times <laughs> and I loved it so much because when I was watching this i was just like i was also comparing it to that film yeah. where it's just like this is not delivering yeah. it, it feels shallow and um hollow for compared to bottoms it, it, there's just not the depth that, that bottoms had i mean I, I think bottoms is a great film to talk about like every couple of years there's always this like female driven comedy yep. it's mean girls easy a i think bottoms is a great yeah, movie of, of of our time of like are the new Mean Girls like you're, I, t- I think you're totally right. Yeah, and I mean I I love Tina Fey like she's Baby Mama is one of those movies I go back to and watch yeah. all the time. You talked about um you know she is a part of Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt which is hilarious. also amazing. So she's done like modern projects that are hilarious and keep us entertained. Um, but this is not it, girl. Yeah, this is not it. She needs uh, she need Amy Poehler back. Let's just uh, let's just put Mean Girls behind us. Yeah. Not everything needs to be remade, brought yeah. back. Let yeah. it, you know, it was it was great. And it's you can watch the old one and it still feel relevant to me. So let's yeah. just leave it at that. Exactly. Don't don't fix it if it's not broken. All right. Well, I think that's our notes for the week. All right. See you guys next week. All right. See ya. Hey, it's Colby and Alex here. Thank you for listening to No Notes. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to follow us wherever you get your podcasts and share with your friends. You can also follow us on Instagram at No Notes Pod, one word, where you'll find updates on new episodes and see more into our lives and the stories that we share with you on the show. Your support means the world to us. Until next time, keep it real and keep it queer.